Welcome back to the latest edition of The Blend. My name is Steve Benz. We are broadcasting live in downtown Chicago. I'd like to bring back one of our one of our favorite guests. And every time he is on the show, I have to admit, ratings always go up. And that is always a good thing. He is back on tour. He is the lead singer of The Babies, Bad English. Let's welcome back John Waite. John, how the hell are you, brother? Oh, I'm great, Steve. I'm sort of just uh, I'm waking up here in Santa Monica, but I'm uh, I'm good. I'm actually very good. Looking forward to the tour. I got to start packing today, and um, <laughs> get a haircut, and um, go to the dentist. First of all, right there, hair. I'm all about the hair. Now you've had the long hair, the short hair. You know the women like it all, and I am very very jealous of that. Well, you know I, I, it's pretty long right now. It's uh, it's pretty long and. Uh, that's cool, you know. I like to shave it off occasionally. I just just walk past somewhere and see it, and it's just I just go in and do it. So it's it's pretty unexpected when it all comes off. But I kind of got like a, a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Half of me is kind of like a long haired rock of new the guy's like GQ. So it's kind of like a kind of a weird thing. Now, does the hair length determine the tour? Like you're going on acoustic tour right now. So is it the the short hair for the acoustic, or are you going with a slightly uh, longer look? It's it's super long. It's uh, it's just one of those things. I you know it's funny you should say that. I keep thinking, does this look right? But uh, I like it long. It's kind of uh, but summer's coming. You know, when summer gets really hot, you start looking at the uh, the marine haircut. Mm-hmm. It starts looking pretty good. And you do not want to go with the man bun. There's just a suggestion for you. No, I don't think that would happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not one of those uh, one of those what do they call those guys. They drink IPA, they have beards, and uh, they're kind of like they're a weird bunch. But uh, that isn't me. I don't do that. Would you grow in a beard? You just brought up a beard. Can- I cannot grow a beard, so I look really silly in one. What about you? No, I get a good beard. It comes in pretty strong. It's um, A couple of years ago, I actually did a interview with uh, the rock press in Europe, and they mm-hmm. said, why the beard? And about six months later, everybody was growing beards. <laughs> but, you know... I don't really care about how I look that much. <clears throat> I kind of, you know, have my own style and it kind of translates. doesn't really matter. The music's more important to me, really. Oh, absolutely. From, I was just looking in your bio and just going back. I can't believe, not so much that you've been around that long, but your hits go back to the mid-70s to now. How are you able to yeah. keep that up? I don't know. I, it's, it's a lifetime sort of thing. It's not like a, a hobby or anything. I'm a musician. I write songs. People think, uh, you know, they hear Missing You and they go, oh, the 80s. But I always remind them that we were, the babies were, like, really <clears throat> throwing down during the 70s. So it's kind of like, it's been a long career, but, you know, I started very young. So, and what else am I going to do at this point? As Keith Richards said, you know, what am I going to do, be a bricklayer? I mean, I can't do anything else. It's what I do and it's what I love. But it's great to be on the road and it's, we are looking forward to the tour. It's uh it keeps you young, you know, it just keeps you in the game just to play. It's a lot. It's it's a lot to do. I was going to ask, do you still love it? I mean, really, really love it. A lot, you know, I talked to enough people that you could tell talking to them it's just a job. Like ACDC. To those guys, it's just a job. Oh, I don't. I mean, ACDC are pretty great. I mean, they are. Which is a great record, but I don't know. When you get to that, they're gigantic. They're a gigantic band, and at some point you have to look at it like it's a. Uh, a way you get through life. There's thousands of people on the payroll, you know, literally, you know, and, and when you go with those, those worldwide tours and you've got to take it very seriously. 
uh, I've always managed to keep it fun because we've never really made that that step into that kind of mm-hmm. huge success, which is a job in itself, you know. I mean, it really is a commitment. You, there's, there's more going on than music at that point. You have to be front and center. You have to really just think about that 24-7. And I think it would be it would make me crazy. But it, I respect it enormously. I think it's a... They're a great band, and apparently Axl Rose is going to be their new singer, so they're going to go from strength to strength this year, you know? I'll I'll believe that when it happens. Okay, Axl didn't even show up with Guns N' Roses, so he's going to show up with ACDC? Come on. Yeah, they're rehearsing now in Atlanta, yeah. it's He's going to finish the tour off. The, the Brian, the singer's going deaf, so he can't he can't finish the tour. He's actually losing his hearing like almost yeah. completely, so Axl has stepped in. It'll be Ashley. If anybody can do it, it's Axel. Sure, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that. I I did really like Guns N' Roses way back when. They were an exciting band, and I didn't have the pleasure of seeing ACDC live. Uh, we once played the Babies once went went on after ACDC in Rockford, Illinois, uh, on my twenty seventh birthday, Ooh. and that's the first time we saw them live, and they were great. You mm-hmm. know, we had Bon Scott with them. And it was uh, it was a, a heat wave, you know. The, the audience was like just burnt, and ACDC <laughs> went on, and it was kind of rough and ready and great, and they were just sensational, you know. Uh, and then we went on, and it was kind of like what next, you know? It was kind of like a, we were good live, but following ACDC that takes a lot of balls, you know. That's, that's pretty, that's intense. That would be like following the Who or someone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, where do you go after that, you know? I mean, there's some bands that are just so final, you know? But uh, like I say, Powerage is uh, is what I listen to in the gym. You know, I'm on a Stairmaster. It's Powerage, you know? Now, if we go back in time, who did you want to be before you ended up in the babies? Like, who are your idols? Uh, well, you know, in England, there's there's a lot to choose from. There was Steve Marriott, Paul Rogers. Uh, there was just great guitar players. There was the blues movement. There was... You know, John Mayles band with Eric Clapton, there's Peter Green. But I never really wanted to be anybody but myself. I mean, I don't think that's the point. I mean, there's better singers than me, but I just focused on being the best I could be, and it seemed to work. Mm-hmm. But um, in England, there's just, oh, in Britain, there's just sensational singers. And um, we got sort of a, a full hand with that. We, we really got a lot to choose from. So um, there was no other real path that's go the one that you chose to be yourself. Back then, did you ever think to yourself or just have a discussion, why us? Why did we make it versus so-and-so band that are just so good? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 a it's like uh it's like playing roulette, you know, with the odds stacked against you a million times over. Mm-hmm. To come out of London and to get to America and to actually tour America and have top twenty singles. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we had two top twenty singles, the babies, but it was uh, it was ridiculous. You know, I couldn't believe it as it was happening. You know, it was uh, it was just pure luck. You know, I was living uh, off baked beans and and rice. You know, I, I spent years just in bands playing and sleeping on the floor and just following it like a, a religion. Really, I mean, it was really that serious. Still is. Music is like a religion, really, and uh, it was mine. And one thing led to another, and over about two years, the babies went from 
nowhere to being in America. It was a phenomenal thing. I think media works the same way. A lot of people think being behind the mic is really easy, but you got to be committed. I mean, fully committed to what you do, to what I do. Media, they're just... It would be easy to have your five minutes of fame and then disappear, but you've got a lifetime of music, so I'm looking forward to the tour where you're going to give us the stories behind all of these songs. Yeah, the Wooden Heart Tour is... Uh, it's, it, we put out an EP last year of acoustic songs, mm-hmm. and although there's been acoustic tracks on the albums, I never really committed to doing a, a project that was purely unplugged. And the, they were beautiful songs. I mean, it, it only took a week to make the whole thing and mix it and master it and do the artwork and do the photography and the whole thing it was only a week's work but we caught lightning in a bottle and it and and it's like my favorite record Mm -hmm. that i've done really wooden heart so this year we had a a, some time open like this month into next month and we although we're still doing it with uh uh, band gigs in the middle like every seventh day is a Mm -hmm. is a band gig uh with different with a different lineup we're going out there and playing, um, like we're doing six dates in a row. We're playing every night for six days, taking two days off, and then I think five more, and then a couple of weeks off doing electric dates, and then back out again. But like this weekend, we're going to Florida to play a big festival, and then we're, drive, we're flying up to Philadelphia to kick it off. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's the best of both worlds, you know. It's, it's a wonderful thing to do. It's something that I really wanted to do, tell the stories in between the songs. And people tend to talk to you on stage. The audience tends to just start talking to you. Right. So it's a whole different experience. But it's a different way of singing. It's a different lineup. There's two guys on stage, uh, apart from me. It's a bass player and a guitar player, and I'm playing guitar. It's a full thing. It's not just like getting up like James Taylor, who is tremendous. Uh, but there's like an actual sort of band. So it's um, we're taking it pretty seriously, and hopefully release another version of the uh, the Wooden Heart EP later in the year. That's funny that you threw in James Taylor. That's classic. Oh, he's great. He <laughs> is, but that's just classic. You know, just James Taylor comes out with just his acoustic set, and that's it. Nobody else. Yeah, but he doesn't need to come out with a second guitar <laughs> player. I mean, Cat Stevens used to come out with a second guitar player, and it worked. It you know, it just really worked. He had a great second guitar player, and he could really play the guitar himself. But James has a great style on the finger-picking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you Got a Friend is still, you know, one of those songs that you just stop breathing when you hear it, you know? He's great. I love the idea of the audience talking to you. You're sitting there playing guitar, and they're probably giving, like, hey, did it go this? Play this song. Play that song. That's how intimate this is going to be. And I just love the whole idea of it. Well, it's been, you know, we did a, we did a couple of dates uh, about three years ago in theaters, uh, there's about like 1,500 seats, these small, beautiful theaters. And you could hear a pin drop, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'd go on the road, uh, play radio stations, you'd play all these things acoustic, you know. And you'd just go out and drive across America. When you do these acoustic dates, you don't really fly. But they're usually lined up to uh, to be drivable distances. So you just, you know, you, you fly where you're going to kick it off. And then you spend a week driving and staying in different cities in different kind of hotels. It's a different kind of uh, animal completely. But it's really enjoyable, you know. It's something that, um, it's going to be a nice to do uh, since it's spring, you know. The, the seasons will be, like, changing more mm-hmm. green and you get, you know, it's just a beautiful thing to do at this time of year. 
I don't know. I like it. I just do. I think the idea, oh, you know, by the way, when you're out doing this, are you still recognized if you were to just go down the street to a Starbucks? Oh, yeah. You know, you walk in and people walk up to you and say, you know. Are you that guy? That guy. <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised. I mean, you do a double take on when you see somebody that you know in the street that, sure. you, that you got their records. But generally, they're pretty friendly. And, you know, it's part of, you know, the, the thing about being a musician. You just, you know, people come up and say they like the music and you sign something, you get a picture. Mm -hmm. Now with the uh, iPhone, you can't run away from having your picture taken. Oh, no. Like everybody's got an iPhone, so you just smile, you know. Right, and they could zoom out from like a hundred yards away. Yeah, well, as people do. <laughs> right. Now, are there bands out there, or musicians, or whomever that that you would like to go see that you still get excited to see them out and about, or if you see them walking down the street? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, the, the, I mean, I try to um, not gush, you know, and I try as somebody that I did a uh, an interview recently for Holland. Uh, mm -hmm. for Golden Earring, mm -hmm. one of my favorite bands, yep. and they sent a camera crew to L.A., and I was playing an unplugged date before Christmas, and we set up a, the lights and the cameras in the hotel suite, and I talked about Golden Earring for like two hours, you know, and uh, it was like, it was an honor, because I, I, you know, I think I really admire them, that they're, they're such a great band, and they, they've sort of dropped off the radar in right. America yep. so much. They don't really tour outside Holland or Belgium and Germany. But uh, Barry Hay, the singer, rang me up and left me this great message, and they sent me a bunch of CDs, and, you know, it's just, it's nice to make that contact with people that you think are really great. And when you get the response that they think you're pretty cool, it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's great, you know, but if some people, <laughs> if you like someone and they don't have your records, it's kind of like, who are you? But uh, <laughs> I always try to say hello. Right. Now, are there bands that you would like to sing with? Like, if you had a chance to bump <laughs> off the, the lead singer. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. I mean, the, the thing is, like, people ask you, who do you want to be? Mm -hmm. And why would you want to be anybody else? Right. Why would, you why, why would you spoil that band? I mean, I don't see myself getting up with the Who and singing. I don't see myself getting up with Bad Company. They're perfect as they are, you know. And I'm still working on my own trip. So I don't have that thing about, I wish I was in that band for 10 minutes. It wouldn't be, any, it wouldn't be as good. Now, would you put another super group together, kind of like what you did with yeah. Bad English? I don't, I don't think so. If I, if I did, it would be an acoustic thing. Mm -hmm. I think it would be something that was very different. Uh, I've always tried to move forward and do things that people didn't expect, yep. Yep. that I didn't expect, so that you're inspired to to make better music. I think if you do the same thing over and over again, uh, you know, it just loses its meaning. But if I did something again uh, like that, it might be an acoustic thing. Mm -hmm. it, it might be something a little bit more country blues. You country know? blues? Wow. Is that what got you to Alison Krauss when she redid your song? Well, no, I, I, you know, I've always loved Allison's music, and mm -hmm. I, was always, I was always a great fan of blue, bluegrass and Americana and country. I mean, growing up in England as a little kid, you, you raised on Western music, like mm -hmm. Marty Robbins and all that, as a kid, and then Brenda Lee, she was country, kind of pop country. And, you know, you, I just always, always had country roots, and I was always very aware of, uh, of Allison. And Rodney Crowell, to me, is one of the great writers in America at the moment. I mean, and we covered a Vince Gill song about 10 years ago. Played the Opry, actually. Played the Opry about six years ago with Alison. Mm -hmm. 
uh, my roots to that kind of music are, are very open. They're just real roots. And I got to hang with Alice and I meet a lot of people. And to me, that's just, I mean, I don't really listen to rock anymore because it's kind of, it's transcended what it was. And now it's, it's very commercial and you have to be in the rock charts to sort of survive and tour. True. True. And I did that really. I've, I sort of come from, from, I'm a rock singer with those kind of roots, but, um, you know, all music is great. I try and stay open to all music, and I think that's probably why I'm still making music, because I can hear great things in all, all different types of uh, fields of music. Now we're starting to see more covers of your huge hit, Missing You. I'm seeing more covers. Bands are playing Babies and, and Bad English. Do you have any thoughts on that, or at least hearing some of the covers of your songs? Well, no, I, I think it's great. I mean, it's a real compliment when somebody has a crack at something you've written. Me and Alison did a duet on Missing You, and that was a country hit. Mm -hmm. And then we did uh, Lay Down Beside Me, uh, which is a beautiful country yeah. ballad. Um, I'm sure the people that, that when you cover a song by somebody, they take it as a compliment. I mean, if you're moved enough to not write a song and do somebody else's because you think it's so beautiful. Um, I was thinking the other day about Handbags and Glad Racks by yeah. you know, Rod Stewart mm -hmm. covered that when he was a kid. Uh, Mike Diabo wrote that from Manfred Mann. But when Rod sings it, it's it's one of the best things he ever sang. You know, and he, and he was obviously moved to sing it because he knew he could do a great version of it. Rod Stewart, one of the greatest ever. I love that guy. Did a gig with Rod about, about six months ago. Huge gig. And uh, I know Rod pretty well, and he's, you know, he's a great guy. Still got it. I got to say, he's really still got it. Well, we should get Rod on this show with both of you guys. You can sing together. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember uh, with my sisters, they would, they, man, they just buried that vinyl, Tonight's the Night. I remember that one still in my head, cranking through the house. Yeah, he's, he's you know, Rod's, he's talking about somebody that survived a long time. You know, Rod comes out with, he's got like a 20-piece band. Yes. And um, right. a lot of the people that play with Rod played with me. I mean, there's about six people that uh, Rod sort of, accepted as his musicians after mm -hmm. they played with me it's a and the same sort of beam same trajectory really but um yeah rod's great rod's always been ahead of the curve and um he survived like nobody else really when you think about it right there's just great singers like yourself that just the test of time you're still here now if you look back what have you learned through this journey is is it been a journey of discovery for you well, every time you go in the studio or get in front of a mic, something else happens that you mm. didn't expect. Um, I don't really know how I do what I do other than that I'm just enthusiastic, you know. <laughs> I want to get to write new songs and tour and, and um, put it across to people. But every every performance you make, you're in the moment and you, you can't follow the plot. I mean, some bands come out and play the same set every night, yeah. sing the same melodies. Yep. But we tend to expand on the songs a little bit here and there. I can't imagine doing the same thing every night. Um, when you get on stage, um, the atmosphere is different, the acoustics are different, the audience is different. You've slept like either six hours or two. You're a different kind of person every every performance. You, you're a different version of yourself. So the music's slightly different, and that always keeps it exciting. That's why you've got two dates here in Chicago. 
So April 17th at the Arcata, and then you're going to come back and you're going to be at Space up in Evanston. So both shows, everybody needs to go to both shows. Who knows how John will feel that day? Well, you never know. I mean, the first the first show on April 17th at Arcadia in uh, Evansville, right? Evans- no, it's uh, St. Charles. St. Charles in Evanston is in May. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, uh, that's... Um uh, what am I going to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a week's work of, of gigs in between. I have mm-hmm. no idea. It's going to be great. I mean, we we leave tomorrow, so it's kind of like um, the whole thing kicks off, and you step into it. You know, the rhythm of the road is that you just get into it. The whole thing is the performance, but it's it's fun. There's a lot of lot of good times. People laugh a lot. It's a relief to be out there and play music. Now, how many times have you forgot the story, or you just kind of start playing? Go, wait a second. No, that was a different song. Oh, I never done. I've never done that. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm pretty much focused. I mean, it's not that complicated. It's not rocket science, <laughs> right? These are songs that I've I've written over the years, and they're very close to your heart. So when you start, if somebody has a question about a song, um, it's it's always on the tip of your tongue. The the thing that's been the most amazing thing about this is choosing the songs, because there is such a long time, uh, there's such a long career to pick the songs. You go back in time. And you, you're lost in the moment, you know. You're really in that moment when you're singing those songs. It's like a time machine. So it's quite an emotional thing. You know, you're bouncing around all over the place in your life, and you get a get perspective on how far you've come. And it's 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 something to uh, to own it, you know, to be part of that history. It's um, like a retrospective, you know. Now, with you talking about London, you born in Lancaster, will that always be part of who you are? Absolutely. I mean, I, I go back to Lancaster a lot, and I was in London about six months ago. Um, you know, I, I was born in in uh, in Britain. You know, I'm, I'm English, but I think you know, I'd have to say my heart was American because mm-hmm. of all the music that influenced me and the culture was American. You know, and a lot of it came across the ocean from Ireland and Africa. But um, the American ideal, the dream of like what life can be and stuff is, is a pretty wonderful thing. Now, even these last couple of CDs that you had, I could just see where the journey is going. I am so excited. I thought Best was an unbelievable CD, even with the remixes that you were doing. Rough and Tumble, unbelievable CD, live access. I cannot wait to see you live acoustic this next month. Well, I, we're, we're looking forward. We really are. We, it's, it's something that I could say we, we've wanted to do for a long time. And, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to keep my chops up. I and mean, you, you sort of like talking about all these songs. We're pulling out songs that we have never, we've never played them. There's some songs we're going to do that we've never played live. And um, it's a lot to take on. But I reckon if you just step up to the mic and start playing it, the rest of it will take care of itself. You know? Right, right. Because the cheers and next thing you know, you're in another place and you're just playing. I love the idea. Yeah, that's cool. So on April 17th, get your tickets for the Arcata Theater in St. Charles. He will also return May 5th. He's going to be at Evanston at Space. Now, Space is a little bit smaller, so you guys got to make sure you jump on those tickets right away. There's going to be two huge different audiences. John Waite, always a pleasure to have you on. Plus, just so everybody knows, we're going to do a little periscoping from both shows with John. Oh, that's great, Steve. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the time. Come to the shows. We'll uh, we'll have a glass of wine and hang out. Absolutely. Make sure you go to johnwaitworldwide.com. Get all the information right there. John, so much. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. 
God bless you, Steve. Thanks, man.